Good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be back. It's been a while. I took a little break. I traveled, did a quick trip um, to a place I'd never been before, and I love learning new things and meeting new people, but I am back and back in the podcasting chair, and I'm super excited about today's guest. She's someone I know now, uh, not well, because y'all know me. I try not to get to know these people until they're on the show. But I did meet her. She attended the uh, EWE Wellness Retreat on September 23rd, right here in the city of Riverside, California, and she's delightful. I can't wait to get to know her better today and to introduce her to you. Her name is Serena Mastin. Serena, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited and honored to be here. Well, I know that you're a fantastic storyteller. I can't... You know, it's escaping me. Who introduced us? Because they spoke so well of you. Was it Allison Sands? Oh, my gosh. It was. So Allison and I uh, were members of the Women's Club of Silicon Valley, and I was her mentor. She's amazing. I love her so much. So I'm so grateful that she introduced you to me. And I just found out recently that Serena lives in the town next door or a couple towns over, I should say. Yeah. So we're going to be getting together a lot more after today's podcast. So, folks, I'm going to um, ask a few few questions, you know, a few storytelling type questions of Serena. Um, but I want you to get to know her as well. So don't forget to go to my website after I publish the podcast because I'll write a blog about Serena as well. And I'll put all her contact info. You're going to want to meet her and learn more about her and um, really get on board with our commitment to lift other women as we ourselves rise. So Serena, what's your story, lady? Oh, wow. Well, we're going to we're going to start by saying um, if you're listening to this, you, you should probably be sitting down um, just because it's one of those stories that can potentially just not only be sensitive, but also I want to be thoughtful of the people that might have experienced similar experiences. So I actually, um, when I was a little girl, um, my biological father was the leader of a cult and he um, brainwashed my mother, had people following us at all times. And we were were basically um, confined to a trailer and we're not able to um, get out for for several years. Um, He sexually abused my sister and I, um, taking my virginity before the age of five. And when my mother finally was able to get us out, um, she had to earn her rights back as a parent, even though she was also a victim of that circumstance. And my sister and I were put into witness protection and foster care. Oh, my God. So, wow. I I didn't know any of this. You're right. Some people might be triggered. Uh, Definitely a sit down story. But wow, I'm so grateful. And I feel so honored and blessed that you're courageous enough to tell your story here on the podcast. So from this point forward, the show, the mic is all yours. Please carry on. Thank you. So I um, I went to probably about nine different foster homes in less than five years. And uh, sometimes they'd move you in the middle of the night because when you're in witness protection, if someone finds out where you are, they move you immediately. 
Um, so it was, it was a lot to deal with as a child and, um, you know, as you know, under 10, I had already been diagnosed with, um, dissociation, PTSD, uh, depression, anxiety, um, you know, hyperactivity to where the point where I was actually acting out some of the inappropriate behaviors that had happened to me. Right. Um, and so it, it was very, very, very hard to handle. And when my mom finally earned her rights back as a parent, um, I was 10 years old. And just to, to give a little perspective, my mom is my best friend. So she completely turned her life around. Uh, she went back to school. She gave her life. You know, she's, you know, super involved in her church. And she remarried to my stepfather, who is who I consider my dad when I was 12. Um, and I was just too far gone. So even though she had worked so hard to get me back, I was still just kind of unruly and determined to be on my own. And so I actually left home and lived on the streets at the age of 15. And so I couch surfed for a little while when, and then I ran out of friends. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I was struggling with addiction at the time. I put myself in really dangerous situations, uh, slept in abandoned houses, park benches, and I actually enrolled myself into high school and had three jobs. And at the time, there was no such thing as Uber. So I took the bus to each job until finally um, I graduated. And at that point, I had completely just my body had just failed because of all of the exhaustion and the addiction and all of those things. And so my mom took me in, kind of nursed me back to health and then sent me off on my way to like start in the real world. And I climbed the corporate ladder for about 17 years. Um, I have a, a son who's 22 and a daughter who's 17. And in my journey, um, I started uh, the agency, which is Pulse Marketing, in 2013. And I was married for 10 years, and my husband was charismatic and magnetic, and it just had this infectious personality that everyone would fall in love with. And so he really was the face of the company, even though I was a sole owner. I liked hiding behind the scenes and, you know, working in inside the business and with my team. And unfortunately, he struggled with multiple infidelities. He struggled with mental health issues. And every time there was an infidelity, um, he would then, you know, threaten to hurt himself in some way. And so I felt terrified. And I felt like if I told anyone about what was going on, it would hurt my kids. It would, it, we had a blended family. It would split our families apart. Um, it would impact my business. It wouldn't, you, we'd lose everything, everything that I had worked so hard to build up, you know, after, you know, 17 years in the corporate world and then starting the agency, I was determined to try and work through our issues. And it didn't matter the amount of counseling. It was constant. Um, the first time that I found out um, was two weeks after we were married. Oh my we were together for two years 
and had just done at this point, remember I, I was mentioning earlier, I'd lost 80 pounds. So when I did that, he wanted me to do a fitness competition with him. So like, it's literally this mental obstacle that you have to overcome. And so we were doing that together, planning a wedding together, you know, blending our families. And we went on this honeymoon. And when I got back in the office, I, at this point, I was in a corporate environment prior to starting the agency and um, everyone was out to lunch and a woman walks in and I'm in the executive suite because I was a VP of marketing. So there's typically you don't get visitors. Right. And she looked at me from across the way and she said my name and I had no idea who she was. And she came in my office and closed the door behind her. And she sat down and she described my home, my children. Oh she my said God. she'd been with my husband for, um, for two years or over a year. She had 300 text messages, videos, emails that she sent me. And um, that was the first time I found out that he was unfaithful. What was her motive in doing this? I think uh, in a, in a weird sense, I was in such shock in that moment. I remember actually just comforting her, yeah. <laughs> which is like a, a, a weird dynamic when you experience something like that. Yes. Um, I think her motive was, um, was that she didn't get what she wanted or she didn't realize that he was going to marry me, even though we had been together for that long. I don't know if she just kind of recognized that it was real now and wanted to, you know, share her truth. And in that process, it just spiraled. And, and so I, um, we worked through that one, that one, you know, we healed, we worked through it, we worked together, we went into intensive, you know, workshops and counseling and, you know, healed our inner wounds and our past childhood experiences. <laughs> and then a few years later, um, it happened again and it was a different woman. And so that second time I did not heal. Right. And, and you know that this is about him, not you. Right. These oh, are of course. But at the time, no matter how much, you know, I tried to work through it, there was something deteriorating inside of me. And it was because I never told anyone I never told anyone that what was happening because I, I told the counselors, right. I never actually expressed the depths of what was happening because it was it at this point, I have a business with him. I'm raising a family. There's just too much at stake. And finally, after the third time, oh. I, I found the courage to, um, to leave. And that was in October of 2019. Wow. Not that long ago. No. And then by March of 2020, he committed suicide. Oh my goodness. And the obvious question would be, did you feel in any way, um, although you were not responsible at all, but did you have those feelings that had I not said? You know, that's such an interesting thing. The way that it all unraveled was so chaotic and 
it was almost like, and I don't typically talk about this because it's, it's received differently from different people. Right. But I, I almost felt like a sense of peacefulness. I understand that. It was just so much. And I was running for 10 years. Right. And I was cleaning, fixing, protecting. I was like the chief enabler. I was like mother nurture, you know, and I just could not, it was almost like I just, I couldn't breathe for all that time. And it, it was almost like he gave me permission. I understand a hundred percent what you're saying. And I, there's no negative judgment. I get it. I get it. Look in some odd way, I'd say he too, um, had now been relieved of his demons, you know, um, what a burden to bear for since the day you were born till 2019, gosh, you know, how, how did you, what did you take away from that? Like, so that's a traumatic and dramatic and horrific story. How can one find something positive in that? Like, it's like a needle in a haystack. Did you, or were you able to get some, um, lesson or I know you got the reprieve and the relief. Um, but is there something good other than that came from that? So much good. The beautiful part about our journeys is that I always say pain is pain. It all hurts the same. Everyone's story has a part of it that has something traumatic, dramatic, dramatic, or painful, and it all hurts. It's how we use each of those experiences to shape us and to change our perspective. I looked inward, not blaming myself, but looking at what I could, what I can do differently. These are patterns and behaviors that I was continuing through my childhood, not even recognizing that I was continuing the cycle. And it was almost like this gave me an opportunity to break down more of the layers and the walls. I was pretending to always be strong. And what was really happening behind the scenes is that people could see right through me. And when all of this unraveled, even the me leaving him before he took his life, I came to my staff Because, I mean, you have to imagine I have kids and a family and a business and a house and staff and everything's impacted. And I came to them and I was vulnerable and transparent and raw. And in that moment, there was a huge shift. I was no longer hiding I was actually being open and it allowed me to connect with people on a much deeper level. So so I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I I agree. So I think that um, most women don't do what you and I do. And that is open up and tell our story. And we encourage them to be authentic and to do that because it is so one freeing for self, but it's also permissioning others to be free from those, um, burdens or shackles or um, pains. I think at the retreat, I said, pain is not a choice, but suffering is. Yes. And you chose to look inside and reflect and be introspective and see what you could 
in any way, if you were attracting people like that or, or situations like that, you said, what it is about me that I can control? Cause I can't control him or his behavior. Right. So mm-hmm. what can I do to make me not attract people like that or not a victim of these people or so that yeah. is really powerful. Um, and I will say you didn't mention, you said, I, I know a lot of victims of sexual assault, which I am one. Um, we carry shame, even though we were totally the victim. And it's really hard to, you know, you end up being an overachiever, which you clearly are. Uh, you end up devoting your life to um, not perfection, but really doing a lot and doing it the best you can possibly do it. Um, some people do strive for perfection when they're victims of sexual assault, uh, some kind of major detractor to value yourself, to give yourself a different label other than victim. Um, yeah. yeah, I can see that you're one, you're, I'm crying here. I'm like sitting here, you know, we didn't connect or chat about this beforehand. So I am one of those people that I'm glad you said, sit down. Cause wow. Um, <laughs> Number two, you're so courageous to tell your story. I mean, how, how did you, I, I know you said you looked inside and you became more self-aware. What, what, what tools did you use to do that? So one of the big things is, you know, right before I um, made the choice to leave my husband at the time, my counselor said to me, um, I, well, I was babbling off about how wonderful I am. You know, I was saying, I do this, I do that. I'm an amazing wife. I'm good in bed. Like I raised the kids, the I have a business, you know, all these things, right? All the overachiever things. And he said, you know, Serena, those things are all great. But one thing I want you to know is you can't earn love. Right. It has to be freely given. And it was like this light bulb went off inside of me that it was like never in my life did I even recognize that love was freely given because if you go back to your childhood, um, you know, experiences, I would sacrifice myself to earn love. I would give myself to earn love or affection, attention, safety, whatever it was, those patterns then obviously trickled into adulthood. And once I recognized that it was like, I felt like there's just a huge, like blindfold was just completely removed. And I recognized like, wow, now how do you do that? <laughs> wow. So so to doing the opposite. That is such a powerful statement your counselor made. Um, and it is an aha moment. It's one of those Eureka. I never, th- I've spent all my life doing, doing, doing and becoming and becoming and becoming uh, so that fill in the blank. And what you said is true. Say that again, what your counselor said. He said, you can't earn love. I love it that. Has to be freely given. That is so powerful. Folks, I mean, I think most of us walk around this planet thinking otherwise, right? So thank you for I have that. To earn approval. I have to earn affection. I have to earn their, you know, respect. And the because truth is. I think more so than men, right? Yeah is once we recognize who we are and we take down those layers, it doesn't mean it's easy. Writing my book was the most excruciating process of my life. (laughs) 
It was like, let's talk about that because we didn't mention the book yet, but she has a memoir that she's just published that I can't wait to read. I'm clearly going to need a box of tissues uh, when I do. Um, But in that book, I'm sure you address your deeply held values and being authentic and, you know, in telling your story right now on this podcast, I can tell that you are value driven and that you are truly the real deal. Very authentic, no put on, no um, I mean, what courage, right? To be inside out, basically. So tell yeah. us about the book. Tell us about the memoir. I know that it's your story. So again, you know, we go back to what's your story? Well, and I think the interesting thing is um, I had a book coach helping me because I just couldn't force myself to do it. And everyone kept telling me to write my story. And she taught me how to show my story instead of tell it like I just told you my story right now it's much different when you show it so what what happened during that process is every memory you have to remember the smells right how the room felt how what the you know what the weather was like outside what the carpet felt like all of these emotions and during the process it was almost like I was reliving the trauma and my body that yeah, my if anyone's read the book, Your Body Keeps Score, it was a perfect example of that. Your body holds on to trauma in certain areas. And then when something reinitiates that emotion or feeling, there was one point where there was a lot of adrenaline in my the, you know, the situation I was sharing about in my book. And my Apple Watch goes off and says that I need to sit down, even though I was sitting, because my heart rate was so high. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like it shows you, like you actually have to relive it when you're writing it in a way that is so descriptive. And through that process, there was some days where I was just in a dark tunnel yeah. that I couldn't get out of it. And so I would finish writing this chapter and you'd think I'd be relieved that the chapter was done, but I was still carrying it. Sure. For several days. I would think that you'd need um, to visit your counselor again after reliving <laughs> each of these pages, your story yeah. page. Yeah. And well, then when I was finally finished, I was like, wow, this is a miracle. But the beauty is that I was not, I did not write it intending to share it with the world. But what I learned is because my my natural way of finding safety is to hide. And I hid when I was a little girl in the closet. And then I hid behind a strong persona. And like I had it all together, right? I hid over and over and over again. That was the pattern I saw. And so I knew in that moment that I had to find the courage to actually publish it. Because if I didn't, I would remain in hiding forever. Gosh, you know, there's so much we could talk for hours. I mean, I think you need to come over for a cup of tea or coffee or wine um, for sure, especially since you're only a couple of towns over. But um, you are being a wise woman, um, but you are being a wise woman to me right now. Like I'm usually the one who's the guiding light on these podcasts and I help women, you know, find themselves and pull their stories out and be courageous to tell them you're my guidance. You're my advisor. You're my wise woman right now. I can't tell you how much I'm gaining from this conversation. 
And I am definitely looking forward to uh, reading this memoir. And I think it's so funny because um, one of the questions I often ask guests is, if you were to write your memoir, what would the title be? And here you have written one. So let's talk about the book. Let's, I mean, for others who want to know more about this, you you are so amazing. You're like this little hand grenade. She's tiny, but mighty folks. You can't see her because this is audio only, but um, huge smile just, just radiates, you know, light and joy. Um, someone I want to spend more time with. So tell us, what's the title of your memoir? It's um, called Exposed. You can't heal when you hide. Wow. And that's why we do this podcast. That's why we do the wellness retreat, the anthology. The uh, We definitely should have you in the book club, right? I have two women. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. One's in New York, one's in New Jersey, and they run my book club. Um, and we we will start doing a podcast to meet the author and find out, you know, the impetus behind the book. In your case, it's going to be, wow, mine, <laughs> mom, right? Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the book because I'm going to promote it in the blog that I write. So is it already published? I know that it was. Yes, I, I ended up self-publishing it. Okay. Um, and I did that just a few months ago. So it's brand, brand new. Um, it's funny. I, um, because I own a marketing and advertising agency, once I started reading the contracts for publishers, I was like, well, I could do all this. Right. But what I didn't recognize is that then I just basically started a whole nother business by writing a book and publishing it because it's a whole process. Right. (laughs) So I've been learning through this process and I just, um, so I would say about four months ago, I published it. And then I also finished the audiobook I hired through Amazon, one of the, wow. near- and she's actually based in Chicago. And this was one of her first books that she's narrated. So we were kind so of in it you're together. You're lifting another woman as well by sharing it. This is how it's done, folks. You lift as you rise. Um, yeah. I cannot, I mean, like, I, I kind of feel since I have a, a part of your story is similar to my story. Um, I feel like saying I cannot wait to read your book is kind of because uh, I know it's going to break me to pieces, but you can't be whole until you break apart and then come back together. It's like Kintsugi, the Japanese, um, you know, where they melt yes. other the broken pieces and it's more beautiful after than it ever was before. I feel like you're that personified. Thank you. I am so honored to even share my story because once I did this, once I took that big step and pressed the button and my fingers shaking, it was almost like I really recognized that my purpose was to empower others to share their stories, to find that courage because it was so hard for me to do it, but it was so much freedom and just letting it go. Cause I was worried this is gonna impact my business. Right. What if people read this and then they don't wanna do business with me? Do you see like, so there's so many, there's so many what ifs that we can put into our minds, but there are so many stories that need to be heard. And that is- yeah, So we, we need to meet um, like intentionally set up a one-on-one um, 
not only am I seeing where we um, sort of like a Venn diagram have overlap in certain meaningful, powerful ways, I also look at you now as someone I would seek advice from or guidance from or hire or, you know, I, I need more of you. Right. I also am interested in your book coach. That's very interesting to me because as much as I encourage other women to tell their story, I have not yet told mine. I'm working up to it. It's not the time. And you have inspired me. And um, like oftentimes guests are on the show and they're like, Susan, you inspire me. You motivate me. No, we are total flip the script today. No, you have no idea. I chased you down. I went to your house. (laughs) you're welcome to my home anytime uh having you here made it a better place to be I can promise you that it was I told my family I'm like she is my person I feel that I was like I'm connected to her she doesn't even know me but I literally am sitting in your house going I love you (laughs) I felt the same thing you know how um we're made of energy right so I think our energy was connected before we uh physically personally met and I feel like this would have happened at some point in our history. Um, but thank goodness, Allison introduced us. Uh, I cannot wait to schedule time like a full day um, on my calendar to have you over and really unpack all that's in your head and your heart. You clearly are an example of, you know, we don't have just five senses. We have in numerous, you know, we have, we can't even count the senses we have because, <laughs> because you know, people say, go with your gut. Your gut is as much a part of your brain as anything, right? So gut. Oh, yeah. you are um, like, I can feel, I, I think you're life changing. More people need to know you, meet you, hear from you, read your story, buy your book. Um, but remember, I am queen of hiding. So this is a big deal for me. I know. <laughs> and all the women I've had on my podcast, I've had probably 500 now. They uh, do not self-promote, even if their job in life is to promote, right? So like do that for others. We do not step into our power. And I feel like owning your story and telling your story and allowing people like you and me to amplify others' stories is how women empower themselves. Like, I, I don't think, I think it's kind of a weird thing to think that I'm empowering you. I'm not you are empowering yourself. I'm just giving you a platform by which you can do that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of tearful. Like you, I'm trying not to, I know this is only audio folks and y'all know that we don't do uh, video uh, mostly because I don't want to have to get makeup on this. Early in the day. Um, but Serena, you look beautiful, but I, I, um, you tapped into something highly uh, personal for me and your courage is just incredible. Um, I think I'd need to put you on stage. Like I do these annual events. I didn't mention that earlier, but the people who listen to my podcast know that I do these annual events. Um, I definitely think you need to. Yeah. Be amplified. That, that is my goal. And actually what I want to share with you is that. When you live your life behind the scenes and hiding, it is extremely terrifying to show up, to be there in person. And I have to say that 
I had just created a vision board and put it on my desktop of like all the images of the things that I see in my future. And the moment that I did that the next day was when Allison Sands sent over the email from you. And wow. one of the pictures on my vision board is an anthology. And it oh was, my gosh. I literally had like, I, I had like a heart attack. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> like how in the world do I just put this picture in front of me and then it happens? The other thing, and this is me overcoming my fear. Because right. it's so sure. much easier for me to be behind the scenes. All of the us. The thing is doing speaking engagements. That is a huge fear of mine. But I know that I need to face it because I know I have a story. I know that I did not go through all of this for, for nothing. I went through. Sure, the, there's a bigger purpose. There's yeah. always a bigger purpose. And so that's actually on my vision board. So it's interesting. It gives me goosebumps when you actually manifest and visualize what you see for yourself. You allow those things to happen. And I would be honest. I think you're one of the most powerful women I've ever interviewed. Um, and I don't mean that in the everyday definition of powerful woman, right? I mean that as an intrinsically powerful. You are intrinsically uh motivated and intrinsically, I mean, I can't even say a better word, powerful. Uh, so I cannot wait to share you with my network and my world, not just through this podcast. So lots of conversations to be had, all of them meaningful. Um, I'm highly intuitive. So within a first few minutes, I can tell if someone, you know, is, is being authentic and is in, I mean, not that you know, there's nothing wrong with oh, you. Get all of me, <laughs> right, right. So, so me too. So, I and look, we meet people who are just not part of our posse or just don't really, and that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. But I uh, can tell almost immediately, and I don't spend a lot of time with those people. I'm willing to help or connect them or whatever. Um, but some people you can feel are not good for you. Uh, I've learned that over the years the hard way. Um, I'm good for you and you're good for me. And this will, oh, you are my person. I love that. That's you can't even get rid of me if you tried. That's great. <laughs> um, well, I do want to schedule some time with you one-on-one -on -one. before we say our goodbyes. I, I definitely want you to repeat the name of the memoir and folks, it's available on Amazon, right? Serena. Yeah. Yes. And then I also will put this information in the blog that I write about you and put it on my website and on LinkedIn. So um, people will want to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. So say the name again. It's exposed. You can't heal when you hide. And it's by Serena Mastin. Serena, yes. thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm just so excited to just not only be here with you, but to build like this forever friendship with you. Cause I know it's going to oh, be for sure. Girl, you are in <laughs> are, uh, thick as thieves, thick as thieves. <laughs> All right. Well, folks look for the blogcast. It'll be out within a month. I'll try to get it out uh, maybe three weeks, but I say a month just to be safe. And in the meantime, go to Amazon.com and look for her memoir, Exposed, 
you can't heal when you're hiding, right? When you hide. When you yes. hide, you can't heal when you hide. I love that. And and when you were starting to tell your story, I kind of felt like when you don't open up and share your story, you live in fear of being exposed. And then you said the name of your book later. And I was like, yes, there you go. <laughs> All it's right. literally me exposing everything. So get ready. I mean, you're going to have a seatbelt when you're sitting down. That's how wild it is. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I think that people will focus on each and every moment because it sounds like you've done a really great job of recreating the experience through words in writing, which is much harder, right? You feel like you're there with me. Right. That's so difficult. So that, that is going to be something, but I want you to know at the end of the book, the woman I'm seeing here on my screen, she is amazing. She is, I'm sure your highest and best self right now. Um, I hope I can get, you know, better than this. Cause you know, I still struggle <laughs> oh, every day. We all do. There's no finishing, right? There's no, you know, if you're, there finished, is no finish, like, right. there's I no ending. It's, that's it's what life's about is constant self-improvement and yes. self-reflection and but self-actualization. So, all right, everybody, we will hear more from Serena when we read her book and we will hear more from me when you read the blogcast that I write about Serena and her book. And please tune in for the podcast and share it with your friends. I'll post it on LinkedIn and I'll tag Serena so she can reshare to her network, but you can always find it on my website at freemanmeansbusiness.com. Have a great day and stay tuned.